I can't tell you what I feel. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Four Screens and Strings, the only musical podcast you will ever need and you will better believe it. Or else. Or else what? I don't know. Well anyway, welcome! This is another episode where I will just prattle on for hours because I've been wanting to talk about the Goo Goo Dolls for a while now and I've always been fascinated by bands that we now know to be popular for especially for one song or one particular style of songs were doing when they were young at the beginning of their career this is something that always fascinated me in the history of the bands uh, yeah i'm a historian so i guess that the tracks and yeah uh, while in some cases this research doesn't really bring up anything really interesting for example for nickelback I was listening to some of their earlier songs from 1996 and they sound exactly like their later songs, just with a more cheaper production, with a rower production maybe, so not really better or different or even interesting I would say. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Nickelback, we're here to talk about Goo Goo Dolls and Goo Goo Dolls are more interesting than Nickelback, like, luckily, because... Um, at the beginning, they were quite a different band. They were actually a punk rock band. Uh, they re- were releasing records on Metal Blade. So yeah, at one point, the Goo Goo Dolls were label mates with Cannibal Corpse. You know, this is something that you can bring up at parties and you know, just a fun trivia. You know, that one time those bands could actually tour together. No, not really, but <laughs> it's an interesting thought. But anyway. Let's start from the beginning and let's go back to 1986, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, that is where the Goo Goo Dolls were founded and they were, the original lineup were just a trio made up of John Ratznick, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Robbie Takak and George Tutuska. The classic story that two of were friends in high school, Robbie and George were friends in high school, and they met John, who was playing guitar, in um, Takak's cousin band. So yeah, they met in 1986, and they started playing. Uh, what kind of stuff they played? And yeah, I... There's something interesting that has always brought up when talking about Goo Goo Dolls and that they were, they used to be actually, a kind of replacements cover band. Which is fun to think about because their replacements were known to be a cover band themselves. You know, they play those really raunchy, (laughs) ultra-fast punk rock versions of known songs, almost basically butchering them. They used to play Led Zeppelin, Beatles, uh, mostly in live setting. It, some of those are also on record, but yeah, most of them were in uh, in live concerts. Sometimes they would just want to piss off the audience and do an entire set of very bad cover songs. So yeah, but yeah. Anyway, the Goo Goo Dolls started playing out covers, then went on to develop this kind of punk sound, and uh, the name apparently comes from. Uh, toy even though later they the band said they don't remember the, what 
the name comes from. So they at the, at the beginning, yeah, they opened for a lot of punk bands and uh, like among them Bad Religion, Duck Nasty, and the Dickies. So they were quite known in the Buffalo punk scene of the time of 1986. Their first record is called Goo Goo Dolls. Well, what a surprise! And it was released in 1987. And the most interesting thing today is that the lead vocals at the times were handled by Robbie, the the bassist. The bassist. So it's uh, he has quite an average punk vocal style, especially at the time, almost screaming, um, kind of a more screechy voice. And the first album is yes, very much is what you expect, a kind of hardcore punk, really fast kind of songs, stupid, almost also kind of stupid uh, subjects all around. I would be hard pressed to uh, tell you anything interesting about that first record, <laughs> because yeah, it's really, you know, just very fast punk uh, played uh, at high speed without, yeah, really nothing special, there's not really any tracks that jump out that you would say, oh yeah, this is one that you should listen to. Apparently the band thinks that Messed Up is an interesting track from the record. They included it in the volume two of their greatest hits and misses in this case. I'm Addicted is also one that comes up a lot. You know, the fine examples of what they were trying to do on this record, but yeah, they sound exactly like all the other songs in here. And there are two covers here. One is uh, Sunshine of Your Love by Cream, and the other is Don't Fear the Reaper by, of course, Blue Oyster Cult. And yes, they very much follow the, the, the path, the, they very much follow the style of the replacements covers in that they're, yeah, quite, I wouldn't say terrible, but yeah, that, you know, they're what you can expect that, that can you play Sunshine of Your Love in two minutes and a half or Don't Fear the Reaper in two minutes and 80, 18 seconds in punk style? Yes, that's what you expect and that's what you get. So if you like that, the first album is very good. Personally, I would say you can skip it altogether, but, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, so we come to 1989, their second record, which was called Jed, which was actually named after Jed Jackson, who was Robbie's art teacher, apparently, also painted the cover artwork. And this is very much just, again, the first album, but... A little more commercial, maybe. There's more to talk about here. And there are, again, two covers. So let's start from the cover. One is Down on the Corner by Credence Clearwater Revival. And the other is Gimme Shelter, obviously, by the Rolling Stones. And Gimme Shelter is very much the same as the first album style of cover. Down on the Corner is more interesting. Is that it's 
kind of slower, so more faithful to the original, and the vocals are provided by Lance Diamond, who was kind of a Buffalo celebrity <laughs> at the time. So, it's the one track that isn't sung by Robbie. But there are actually more songs on here that aren't sung by Robbie. They're actually sung by Johnny Resnick, who, you know, if you just know the Google Dolls for the obvious hit Iris, then you would think that he's always been the lead vocal man. And but yeah, actually Robbie, the best best guitar player, used to be the lead vocal man. And yeah, Johnny just has two songs on here, but you can see the direction that the band is going to to take on his songs. Uh, especially I would say one song which is Up Yours very fast kind of song probably my favorite from the album <laughs> also but yeah Out of Sight which opens the album is also pretty good So Jed is not it's not bad, it's a little bit more interesting. But I would think one track I would like to spotlight is the final track, which is called James Dean. And James Dean is kind of a piss take. <laughs> it's kind of a slow acoustic number. And Robbie sings about uh, sorry, Johnny sings about uh, wanting to be, you know, James Dean to be this beautiful uh Adone of a guy who burns out like a star and you know dies young and beautiful and loved by everyone and then comes the realization at the towards the end of the song that James Dean was gay and so he changes his mind and says no I don't want to be James Dean and then you go and you tell me that you found out Dean was gay no, I don't want to be James Dean. I don't want to be James Dean. So, yeah, that's score one for Gogo Doll's homophobic song, I guess. <laughs> right, okay, they were just taking the piss, you know, they were young, and so we can chalk that up as a you know, joke from the 90s, I guess. So, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's a strange moment to think about now that. The Google Dolls are mostly, for, you know, the really, really safe uh, radio rock band that, even pop rock band, maybe I would say, but yeah, that are mostly, mostly attract the kind of, you know, soccer moms, uh, public, you know, 30, 30, 50 years old moms, and so, you know, really safe stuff, and you would think that, yeah, they used to sing about not wanting to be James Dean because he was gay. But yeah, that's uh, that's what happens. So we come to 1990 and Hold Me Up was their third uh, album, All Metal Blade again. And this is uh, where John and Robbie kind of divided the the lead the lead vocal tracks on which which songs they would sing. So they're mostly split among among them. So. I think they're mostly like five each 
And then there's one cover, uh, two, two covers again, actually. Uh, I think this will be the last album, which actually has two covers. Maybe there's another one with another cover, but yeah, this is not something that uh, they would do, do again. And I think Hold Me Up, in a way, is their best album from their kind of replacements era. Because yeah, here, if you can, if you can see, they were really, really following the the career arc of the replacements and that's starting from the kind of hootenanny uh fast punk just played you know sorry ma forgot to take out a trash kind of you know raunchy punk and then they would go in a more power pop direction in towards old me up you can see it a bit in jet but old me up is when they really become kind of power pop so yeah, you can see them becoming a little bit more commercial and this was actually the first time that one of their singles was released and has a video which is shot of course in the Buffalo Stadium because of course they're really connected to their hometown apparently. Yeah, you also that's the era that you can find some uh, videos that the band were played live was playing live and yeah, they really are kind of um they're a strong trio live. They used to be really tight. They, they actually look like, I mean, Johnny especially looks like a kind of Nirvana, Kurt Cobain lookalike, you know, the flannel shirts and, but yeah, kind of with a bit of a white trash <laughs> spin on it, if you, if you want. But yeah, I'm getting sidetracked. Anyway, Hold Me Up. Hold Me Up, I think it's my favorite from the, that period. I think probably my favorite Goo Goo Dolls album, probably the reason why I'm doing this. You know, most tracks are pretty good. I'm in love because I know. of nice power pop tracks that are really uh, easy to listen to they get into your head and they stay there the, the covers are also pretty pretty good there's a couple of duds but yeah nothing that ruins the album there's again uh, Lance Diamond taking lead vocals again on a cover of Prince never take the place of your man which is not that strong as a cover it's okay but yeah you would be um, you would have a hard time trying to top anything done by Prince, obviously. And there's a million miles away, which is a great cover that probably one of the best they've done so far. And yeah, I mentioned that there's a single which is "There You Are." Strong uh, power pop track sung by Johnny, which you can see why they were going to use him for you know more melodic songs, obviously because uh, Robbie has this kind of screechy you know voice that you could use it for more commercial songs. But yeah, Johnny's clearly more uh, Johnny's voice is clearly perfect for this kind of more melodic songs. And I think Hold Me Up probably in a way closes their first period. Probably a boy named Goo would close that first period. But yeah, you can really see they were still, you know, very much a punk band in the old Mia period in 1990, if you see the video. And 
1991, they were also contribute um, a song to Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which was actually pretty good. Again, it's called I'm Awake Now. They also sing, uh, sorry, they also shot a video which features Freddy, but yeah, the band is just watching the movie and then gets dragged into the movie. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it brings you back to a different time of the Google Dolls for sure when they were still kids. And yeah, I would say that around 1990, 1991 is when really the punk era of the Google Dolls is closing up. And for 1993 and their uh, big album, Superstar Car Wash, they were already going into a more alternative rock uh, pop direction. Again, if you're not really for the kind of more rower sound of the more raunchy punk sound of Hold Me Up, probably Superstar Car Wash is the one you want. It's more polished. And again, there's pretty much uh, Johnny and Robbie taking, dividing lead vocals. And of course, there's We Are The Normal, which is the track that Johnny Resnick wrote with Paul Wesserberg of The Replacements. So of course, you know, if you had any doubts <laughs> about the connection between the Google Dolls and The Replacement, they're going to make it very, very clear. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Super Circle Watch is pretty solid as well. It's probably, uh, I would say, the peak of the Google Dolls career around that time, 1990, 1993. Those were the two big albums. And... Um, but yeah, still, you know, their big hit was yet to come. And so we're actually yeah, almost at the end of the career of the period that I'm looking at here. And yeah, their first big hit was Name, which is featured on uh, a boy named Goo from 1995. That's also the last album that the original trio worked on because the drummer George Tukuska would be leaving after a boy named Goo. And there's a bit of a controversy in that uh, George complained that he wasn't uh, being paid anymore, the royalties being split equally between all three members. So that's apparently what happened and then he left the band right after that. But yeah, so Name was the big hit for Goo Goo Dolls. You can find a lot of videos of them playing around uh, tall shows and stuff. And you know, Aponym Goo is still pretty much uh, the same sound as Superstar Car Wash, but it's more polished. You can see them going to that direction that pretty soon will lead to uh, their big hit, Iris. And they would also jump to Warner Brothers because they also had problems with Metal Blade because apparently Metal Blade wasn't paying them royalties again so they would jump to a big uh, label and so yeah that's how the story goes after that they just became the Google Dolls that we all know and love I guess I would say they mostly became irrelevant that's the, <laughs> that's the main problem uh, the, you know going back to Nickelback Nickelback you know it, 
became a meme to make fun of them then it's a meme to meme them and so it's i don't know we've gone for a circle i don't know if it's safe to f make fun of nickelback again probably not we'll have to wait a bit but yeah uh google dolls never enjoyed that kind of uh, attention so they were never the band that was fun to make fun of they were never that bad to make fun of but you know they are part of that whole uh, ultra safe radio rock bands that your dad would put on on during car trips maybe my, my dad wouldn't but yeah maybe yours would safe boring uh verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus kind of <laughs> writing so yeah i think they became irrelevant and the the interesting thing is that compared to other uh, bands that used to have a different background they came from a uh, punk or metal background the google dolls have apparently forgotten about it i mean i've seen a few concerts i've looked at a few set lists and they don't play anything from they play maybe one track from a boy named goo so from 1995 i don't think anything besides that anything from superstar car wash and all me up and all the other stuff has long been forgotten <laughs> So I wouldn't, you know, expect him to do like, uh, I, I wasn't expecting him to do like, you know, in 2020, which, okay, is not a good year, but yeah, bear with me. It's not a good year, bear with me. Uh, in 2020, do the, you know, Old Me Up 30th anniversary concerts. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to do that at all. I mean, you know, it would be surprising if they played two days in February from Old Me Up, which is with the one acoustic track, so the one that will they could play without problems even today. It's quite well known. It used to be like a concert staple from them as well, but I think they long uh, took that off uh, their set list as well. Uh, and I think maybe it's a maybe it's because it's been so long that at this point no one cares, and most of that public who used to listen to the Google Dolls when they were punk has now grown up, so they don't care. But I don't know exactly why, but uh, it's kind of a shame because the Google Dolls, when they were punk, they, you know, they reached one point, again, around All Me Up and Superstar Car Wash, where they were pretty interesting, they were pretty good. It used to be a strong trio live, and Johnny could uh, sing and solo and play guitar, no problem. Also, the, the songs sung by Robbie, they were pretty nice. They were, you know, rocking tune, two minutes, kind of punk songs. Yeah, they were fine. I mean, uh, they, I wouldn't say they were irrelevant. They were, yeah, they were a promising young band. And to see them, you know, just go the ultra-safe commercial route of... We're going to do a, a big single from for City of Angels, which, by the way, is uh, one of those Nicolas Cage movies that movies that is not fun to rewatch at all so there's also that i mean I, I think the song iris was better than the movie and that that's not saying a lot i realized that i mean i always didn't mind the song i never really liked it because it was overplayed so it's anyway yeah it's just kind of a shame that they never really did anything else that they don't really remember that period when they used to be punk 
I think you could really feel a sense of sincerity from those albums. Even if you look at the video for There You Are, that you can really see just three guys having fun. You know, they were mostly harmless. I mean, okay, I've named, I mentioned James Dean, which... But yeah, they were just three guys having fun. And having those three guys suddenly, you know, uh, one guy left, leaves, and the drummer leaves, and then they go to this ultra-commercial route... I mean, it's good that they stayed friends all this time, you know, Robbie and Johnny, but oof, I don't know. I I tried to listen to some of their songs uh, over the last, like, 10 years, but I don't know. They feel pretty much like I could mistake them for any other bands, frankly. So I, I, I was hoping that at one point maybe they would go crazy and go back to that real, real, a little bit more of a rower sound, more punk sound i don't know but yeah those metal blade times are long gone man you gotta give it up they've been long been buffaloed which i don't know what, what that means but okay so yeah that was a little bit of a retrospective on the google dolls and again if you want to listen to one album by the google dolls that will maybe not really change your mind, but give you a little bit more of a perspective perspective on the band, I would say go for Old Me Up or Superstar Car Wash if you want something a little bit more softer, more commercially produced. As for anything else, I don't know. Your mileage may vary and my mileage says, yeah, not going to waste my time with really anything else by the Google Dolls. So, that's it for me, that's it for this episode of Four Strings and Screams. Hope you enjoyed, and see you at the next episode. Bye!